This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 77. Welcome to the podcast. Today is a beautiful sunny day here in Michigan. It's warm and muggy outside, but it's beautiful. The last few days have been beautiful, actually. I was out bike riding yesterday and the day before, so it's been great. I've been loving it. Being housebound because of COVID isn't any fun, but getting outside and enjoying the beautiful weather is. I've also been working at the practice and that's still curbside. We're still struggling a little bit to figure all the ins and outs of working on pets without their client with them, without the client with them. Uh, the clients are getting a little bit frustrated about it and um, they're demanding to come in the building. But I think at this point, we are going to be keeping them out. So I don't know how it's going out there for you all, but I'm wishing you the best and I wish you good health and be strong. Protect yourself. Wear your masks and keep those clients at a distance as best you can. And we can still hug on the puppies, right? I did a blog uh, this week about hugging the puppies and how much that improves our mental health. So if you're struggling and you're having a hard time right now, make sure you appreciate when the puppies come in because that makes all the difference, right? I just love those cute little squishy faces. So this week, as promised, I said I was going to answer your questions on the podcast. And unfortunately, I only got a few. So what I decided to do is take the few questions that I did get from you all and work on those, but also mix in some questions that you can ask yourself um, in order to expand your horizons, in order to understand yourself, and in order to coach yourself. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask a, a question from a listener, answer it, and then also have a question that we can ask ourselves. So it'll kind of be a back and forth kind of podcast, but I think it might be interesting and also useful. All right, so let's get started. I'm excited about this. So the first question that one of my listeners asked, her name is Lynn. She said, what is your management style when you're working at your veterinary hospital? So Lynn, I think what you mean by that, by management style is, how do I lead? And because I am really interested in leadership and all the things that we think about when we're being leaders, I think the style or my particular style would be servant leadership and also um, democratic leadership. And what I mean by that is I think that as a leader in any group and in any group I've ever led, I think listening to the people around you and really taking their opinions into consideration is important. And I think it's also something that will help us get our people on board with the ideas that we bring to leadership and management. I'm not saying that you particularly have to take 
everyone's ideas and utilize them. But I do think it's important when you have a group of people that you're leading is to allow them to feel like they have a say-so in the decisions that are being made. And so when I say I lead in a democratic way, what I mean is oftentimes I will open up an issue to discussion and let everybody give their opinions because I think sometimes the people that work for us have better ideas than we have ourselves. And if we can be humble and allow that other people's ideas may be better than ours and listen to those ideas and actually try to embrace them and then maybe use them in addition or instead of the ideas that we've thought of ourselves, I think that can create an environment of teamwork and an environment of growing other leaders. I really think it's important to grow leaders in your organization. And if you don't allow people to step up and take a leadership role instead of yourself or alongside of yourself, I think that you will have a hard time growing leaders and therefore have a hard time growing your organization. So in my mind, becoming a servant leader and taking a step back and allowing someone in your organization to take on a particular project, to know more about you than something. There's so many things in my business that I really don't know that much about. My technicians are way better technicians than I will ever be. If I try to run lab work in my lab, I will fail miserably because I have allowed my team to embrace that area of expertise. I don't need to have expertise in running lab work because that is not my place as a veterinarian. And so many of us are perfectionists and we think we have to do everything ourselves. It, it takes away from being a good all-around leader when you don't allow your team to step up and do things better than you can do. So my answer to this question, what is your management style, is basically allowing others to become leaders, I think is really important. So management by encouragement or management by allowing someone to stand on your shoulders and get better is the way I would encourage other people to lead because I think that it causes success in an organization and also leadership by serving people. And what I mean by that is, can you work alongside others and then pick up the slack for them when they're struggling? And so I try every day in my hospital to do the work of others if it needs to be done. Not because I think I can do it better, but because they need help. And so an example of that would be during this whole COVID thing and the curbside veterinary medicine that we're practicing, it's causing our technicians to have to do so much more because not only do they have to draw blood and do nail trims and all the things that they do as technicians and support staff, but they also are being called on to spend more time on the phone with the clients, more time holding on to pets because there's nobody to hand the pet to besides either a technician or an animal assistant. There's no client there to restrain pets. There's no client there to help us. And so the technicians are taking on a larger role. 
So when I say being a servant leader and working alongside and helping these people, what I have a tendency to do is look around at my technicians and see what is it that they need done that I can do. So let's say it's a cytology and the slide needs to be stained and all my technicians are busy talking to clients on the phone. I can take that cytology, stain it, and look at it myself and just do it rather than waiting and standing around doing nothing or writing up my records or whatever when they're struggling to keep up. Or can I draw blood with an animal assistant because the technicians are so backed up? Or what can I do? Can I clean a room? Can I, you know, do some anal glands or, you know, package up a fecal in order to send it to the lab? What is it that I can do as my team's leader to take a little bit of that burden off of them? And I think if you can lead in that spirit of camaraderie and trying to help the people that are on your team, I think it makes you a stronger leader. And you may argue with me about that. You may think that it's not our place to do those things. But I have found that over the years, being on the same team with my technicians, with the people that work for me, has allowed them to grow and grow within the organization. And then also, some of them have grown to the point where they have to leave the organization in order to better themselves. And I'm totally okay with that. I think that is what you want. If one of your associate veterinarians decides that they want to be an owner of a practice and your practice doesn't allow that at this time, then they get to step out. They get to go buy another veterinary hospital. And I I really think that as a leader, it's so important to realize that being a control freak or being someone that wants to keep others down is not to your advantage as a leader. So Lynn, that's my answer to that question. It might have been kind of a long answer, but I'm super passionate about servant leadership and also being a leader of a team and participating in that team. And another question that Lynn sent along with that question was, how do you stay positive? Now, this is something we talk about on the podcast all the time, right? Positivity is a mindset that you get to choose. And other things that we've talked about on the podcast about our negative brain and how naturally our negative brain brings negativity out into our mind and how much of a struggle that can be to shut up that little chihuahua brain. I understand that if we have this natural bias towards negativity, that it's always going to be a struggle to stay positive. And so what I've chosen to do is to understand that, understand that my brain is going to want to bring me negativity. And if it does, acknowledge it, embrace it, deal with it, and then choose to decide on purpose whether I'm going to hang on to these negative thoughts and feelings that I have or whether I'm just going to feel them in the moment and then let them go and choose something better, something different. And we've talked about this on the podcast about how our thoughts and the things that we do can always affect the way we feel. And if we want to feel differently, we need to change our thoughts and also sometimes our actions. We can work it both ways. If we act better, 
if we choose to be more positive, then a lot of times we will change our feelings into more positive feelings and then into our thoughts. So it can work from the thought perspective and also from the actions. So I choose to do things that make me feel better. I choose to serve people because I love giving and serving. That's part of my nature. And I also choose to think differently. And even if it's a struggle, I work on it. And we are going to talk about this in another podcast. And I think in the next podcast, I've got it planned. We're going to talk about how this all works when you're going from negative thoughts to positive thoughts. And we're going to actually go through this thought model that we call it. And um, I want to teach you a little bit more about that thought model. So that will be in one of the upcoming podcasts. So thank you so much, Lynn, for submitting those questions. I really appreciate it. So the next question I want to talk about on the podcast is one that I borrowed from somewhere um, because I think this is an important question that we all need to answer for ourselves. And so on this podcast with que- podcast with questions and answers, I want to offer you some questions that you can ask yourself on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, whatever it is that helps you. So this question I came up with is, Is your why compelling enough to produce the feeling that you need to take action? This question revolves around that concept of your why. And I struggle with this sometimes is what is my why? I think I have a pretty good grasp on it. But there are days when it doesn't necessarily jive with what I'm feeling. So my why in the world is to be an example and help other people in my profession handle their emotions and their feelings in order to progress and create beautiful things in the world for the veterinary community. And part of that why is helping people manage their mind, manage their finances, manage their management or their leadership concepts in order to be better. And therefore, if you can be better, you can feel better, you can think better. That's my why. And so I have a very hard time narrowing it down into one sentence, but I think I have a pretty good grasp on what my personal why is and what I want to accomplish in the world, whether it be at my veterinary hospital for my clients and for my teammates, or whether it is for you in the veterinary professional environment, what I want to share with you, what I want to create for you. And that's why I do my blogs. That's why I do my podcasts. Anything that I can create that I think will help someone in the area of leadership, in the area of mental health, in the area of growth, that's what I want to do. So that is my why. So is my why compelling enough to create the feeling I need to take action. And that's something that I struggle with often because there are days when I go to write my blog and I have to write it once a week. I've promised myself that I will do that. There are days that I really struggle. Is is this why compelling enough to make me take action? And so far it has been. I haven't missed a week in over, I think, two and a half years. And so the blog, my why, fuels the blog. 
my why also fuels this podcast. Because even though sometimes it's a struggle, like this week when I didn't have enough questions to fill a podcast, the struggle is, okay, how am I going to take what I do have and create something positive for you out there to listen to? And so my why I think is powerful enough. So what I would challenge you is what is your why? What do you want to create in the world or what do you want to create for yourself or your family or the people around you? What is your why and how is that going to produce a better feeling that allows you to take action? Because we know that our feelings are what motivate us. And so how do you create that motivation? And if you don't have a very strong why, then we need to spend some time thinking about that. We need to spend some time creating that compelling why. And the way I would encourage you to do that is ask yourself some questions. How do I feel when I think about this concept? How do I feel when I do these things? Like I feel so much better after I coach somebody and it's because part of my why is helping other people. I am a helper and you know that if you've listened to this podcast because I talk about my Myers-Briggs, I talk about my Enneagram and all of those things in my personality want me to help other people and create harmony and create better things in the world. And so that is part of me and that's what I like to share with you. And so you need to look internally and see what is it that you want to create? What is it about your personality that allows you to create or allows you to be the person that you want to be and take action. So how do you produce that feeling that causes you to take action? Whether it's a feeling of ambition, whether it's a feeling of determination, is it joy, is it love? What is the feeling that allows you to take action to create what it is that you want to create and fulfill that why in your life? So I hope that makes sense. I know that's a big airy concept and sometimes it's a little bit hard to grasp but I do enjoy talking about that concept and so I hope that question if you sit and think about it will allow you to open up your thinking about your why. Okay so my next question from a podcast listener and I'm so excited thank you so much for listening is from Christine and she says I would like to know how you got into life coaching. And then she has another question as well, but I'll start with this one. I would like to know how you got into life coaching. Okay, I don't know if I've told my whole story on the podcast before, but I'll try to keep it brief so I don't go on and on. But the way I got into life coaching was kind of accidental. I have been studying leadership. I have been counseling people informally. I love to do conflict conflict resolution. I enjoy talking to people in groups and trying to get them to brainstorm and become teams. So in my life or in my career, this has been kind of a natural thing for me, getting people together, trying to brainstorm, trying to encourage people, All these things in leadership, I've studied, I've read a lot of John Maxwell, a lot of other leadership books. I've been very, very interested my whole life, even from the time that I was a teenager, in self-help books. There was someone named Wayne Dwyer, Wayne Dyer, 
way back in the day who wrote several books on self-help. And I've always been super interested in that. So over the years, I've trained myself to kind of be an informal coach and trained myself on leadership. So as my career has been going forward and I've been running my hospital, I started to get to the point where I felt like I needed another challenge. I felt like that I had got pretty good at leadership. I had served on boards. I had served in all kind of leadership capacities in my children's schools and high schools, and I had all these things to do. And once I got my kids into college and I wasn't quite so busy with them, and I was busy in my practice, but I was starting to get a little bit stale there, I decided to start researching what is it that I could do more formally in order to feed this passion of mine, this passion for helping people, for encouraging people, for coaching and conflict, mediation, all those things. And so I started doing some research about maybe six years ago on what is it that I could do? Do I want to be a leadership coach? What do I want to do? And I kind of indirectly stumbled across all these things about life coaching, and I got really interested in it. So I started reading some books about life coaching. I started looking at different life coaching programs, and then I stumbled about, I don't know, four years ago across Brooke Castillo and her life coaching school. And I really related to her because she's kind of a tough cookie and she's kind of in your face. And I've always liked people like that. I don't know why, because I'm I'm kind of in your face, but not really. I'm a little bit less so. But I just really enjoyed her personality and I started to study her materials. And then I joined her self-coaching group. And then I decided, you know, this is something that I really could embrace. And I started writing and I decided that I could be a veterinary life coach before I actually became certified as a life coach. I, I just sort of started embracing the blogging, embracing all of these things. And then my daughter, who is a beautiful human, and you've heard her before on the podcast, she and my son both really encouraged me to go for this, Mom, because I said, you know, what do you guys think about me being a life coach? Does that sound too weird? Does that sound airy-fairy? And both of my children being beautiful human beings, especially my daughter, was super encouraging because She just said, Mom, I think you'd be great at this. I really think you'd be a great life coach. And so I decided to go for it. And then I started coaching around leadership. And then I started taking classes in life coaching. And then I actually went into formal training and got formally certified as a life coach. And so it's been a slow evolution over the past five or six years. But I've coached so many people now. And I love it. I just think it's amazing. I love it each week. When I get coached myself, sometimes I feel really discouraged after a coaching, but it always kicks me in the butt and it always makes me go out there and do more. So I just think it's an amazing concept and I really enjoy it. And so that's how I became a life coach. (laughs) So I hope that was short enough to give you the answer that you wanted, Christine. And then the second part of her question was, what is life coaching and how does it work? And I kind of talk about that a little bit all the time, but basically the concept of life coaching is allowing you to see how your brain works and then allowing you to embrace coaching concepts to change the way you're thinking. And so 
it gives you the tools to look at your brain in a different way and to understand yourself in a different way. And the way life coaching differs from therapy, at least this is what I was taught, is that therapy helps you look at your past and deal with the things that have happened in your past in order to understand them and how they're affecting you in your present, where life coaching allows you to take where you are right now and understand your brain and then teaches you the concepts to understand your brain, feel your feelings, and then progress you forward. So therapy and coaching are very much yin and yang. They both can work together. Therapy helping you to deal with what you've experienced in the past and why it's affecting you right now. And then therapy then life coaching, giving you the tools to understand where your brain is right now and what you're doing to yourself with your thoughts and how do you move forward? How do you progress? And when I started getting life coached, I really took some big leaps forward. There were things that I was really doubtful about that I was able to do. And one of them was writing. I never really had the idea that I could write. And now I've been writing for two and a half, three years, and it's so much easier than it used to be. And I'm published. In fact, I just saw myself in the vetted magazine this week. I opened up the magazine in my pile of mail and I was like, hey, I'm in the magazine and the Michigan veterinarian and all these things that I never thought I could do. And that's what life coaching did for me. And that's why I want to do it for others. So that's why I get so passionate when I talk about it. But that's what life coaching is. So hopefully, if you're interested, you will get coached because it's amazing. I just love it. Contact me if you want to be coached. I'd love to show you how it works. So thanks so much, Christine, for that question. I really appreciate it. So the next thing I want to talk about was a question that I looked up. And what I would like to, I want to share this with you because I think it's something that if you ask yourself this, Um, once in a while, it doesn't have to be very often, it's going to help you change what you're doing presently in order to push yourself forward in any aspect of your life. So the question is, what goal, dream, or aspiration do I have for myself for the coming six to 12 months that I'm ready to make happen? And what fear is controlling me and holding me back? So this is really an interesting question, right? What goal, dream, or aspiration? So if I had to answer this question for myself, I think it would be writing my book because I've always wanted to write a book and I haven't to date done that. I've I've written a lot of blogs. I've done a lot of writing for magazines, but I haven't written the book and I've got it in process. I struggle. I'm writing it. I'm working on it. And I've promised myself that it's going to come out soon. But what... What do I have? What is that dream that I have in the next six to 12 months? And I'm ready to make it happen. And I think if I had to answer this question for me, it would be the book. But then the second part of that question that's ever so interesting, ever so much more interesting, is what fear is holding me back? Because if you think about it, and this is so much a part of life coaching, many, many, many times we don't pursue a goal because of fear. And if you think about anything that you're not doing in your life, it's because you're afraid. You're afraid of failure. You're afraid that something could go wrong and you could lose money. 
You are afraid that someone might disapprove. You're afraid that other people might think less of you. So if you really think about any goal or dream or aspiration, the main emotion that's holding you back is fear. And so where is that fear controlling you? And how can you think about it differently in order to overcome your fear? And if I had to answer that question for myself around writing my book, the fear that it's not going to be any good, that nobody's going to read it. And then if I had to coach myself around that fear, I would have to think things like, okay, writing the book isn't your fear. Your fear is that nobody's going to read it. But what difference does it make if no one reads it? Does it really matter? And if you wrote it just for writing's sake, because it's something that you've always wanted to do and that you've always aspired to, then could you let go of the fear? And my answer would be yes. I can let go of the fear. And so every time I sit down to write my book, every time I sit down to work on it, that is the brain exercise that I have to go through because my fear will inevitably rise up. My chihuahua brain will say, you don't know how to write. You don't know how to write a book. And and really then what my brain will want me to do is do something else, distract myself. What do I know how to do? I know how to blog. Maybe I'll go blog instead. Maybe I'll go ride my bike. Maybe I'll go eat something if I want to buffer with food. So all of the things that your brain brings up around fear will cause you distraction from your goal. So that's why I like this question so much. What dream or goal do you have for the next 6 to 12 months? And then is it causing you fear and is that why you're not doing it? And if you can really face this question, if you can really allow this question to open up possibilities for you, it will allow you to start to dream bigger and not fear what could happen. Because if you recall, failure is our biggest fear. And if you can get to the point where you love to fail or you're not afraid to fail or you can become an epic failure, like I talked about on one of the episodes of the podcast, Becoming an Epic Failure. If you can love that and allow that to be part of the challenge, then you will open yourself up to so many more possibilities and allow yourself to become who you really want to become. So I would encourage you to ask yourself that question. So the last question that I want to share with you on this podcast came from another listener in a way. I don't have this person's name, but it was out there as kind of a challenge to ourselves and then also a challenge to think more positively about ourselves. So I kind of modified it into a question from a listener and also a question that I will challenge you to answer. So the last thing I want to talk about today is what have you done in the past six to 12 months that you would consider a strength or an accomplishment. And the reason I like this question is because it allows us to look back in our past, but give ourselves some encouragement to move on for the future. Many times in our lives, we're we're feeling discouraged. You know, right now in the world, it's so easy to get bogged down with all the negativity that we're being bombarded with on social media, with the COVID thing, with the clients getting angry with us, you know, they're giving us bad reviews because we're taking forever with our curbside service or whatever it is. People are getting angry. People are getting ugly. They're frustrated. 
with life right now. So if we are needing a way to be more positive, this question really helps us. What have you done in the past six to 12 months that you can be proud of, which is basically the gist of this question. What can you be proud of? So if I had to answer this question for me, I would be proud of the fact that I put this podcast out every week and it isn't always fun, although I do love recording it for you, but sometimes I get a little bit up in my head and worried that it's no good and that nobody's going to like it, nobody's going to listen. And so I have to struggle with that a little bit in order to overcome myself. Whenever I start talking and recording, I, I always love it. So I'm, I'm encouraged by that. But sometimes there's a struggle in order to get going. So I can be proud of the fact that I'm putting out the podcast. I can be proud of the fact that I blog. Um, so those are some of the things. I'm also very proud of my veterinary team, even though it's not a personal accomplishment accomplishment for me. It's an accomplishment that I can go to work on the days that I do work and that we can have this phenomenal teamwork in spite of the fact that we're all wearing masks and we're tired and we're physically getting beat up by the dogs that are afraid and you know all the all the things that we're going through. But I can be proud of that accomplishment of going to work for these last few months during COVID and doing the best job that I can do for my clients and my patients and also supporting my team to the best of my ability, even though I don't always verbalize it the way that I should. Um, so I can consider that a strength of mine, and I can also consider that an accomplishment. And what this question does for you as an individual is it will help you encourage yourself to move forward. So I've done this with a lot of my coaching clients. If you're struggling to answer this question, I would sit down with a piece of paper and force yourself for 10 minutes to just write everything you can think about that's positive about yourself in the last six to 12 months. What have you done? It could be something as simple as I brush my teeth every day. I go for a walk with my dogs. Those are accomplishments. Because sometimes it's hard to get out of bed and brush your teeth, really, right? Or put on your clothes, especially with COVID. It's very difficult to get out and do something. It could be something like, I rode my bike yesterday. It could be something like, I gave one of my teammates a, com an a, com a compliment. So write those down and then read them every day because these can be a real source of encouragement for you if you're feeling down and frustrated. So that's a beautiful question. So I thank you so much to whoever it was that gave me that question or that idea for that question. So I would love to do this again. If you are encouraged by this podcast in any of the questions that we talked about today, if there's anything that you want to ask me or you'd like me to talk about on the podcast, please share. And you can send me an email at jacapeldvm at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or all the places. You can find me pretty e easily if you just search on either Veterinary Life Coach or Vet Coach or Julie Capel. You can find me in those places. I would also love you to join me on my Wednesday weekly words. I put out every Wednesday. I send a little email to those on my email list, just basically words of encouragement. They kind of vary different subjects, leadership, coaching, all the things. So join me there. I would love to have you. And as I always say, if you're struggling, please reach out for help 
doesn't have to be to me, but it can be. If you want coaching or if you need something else, let me know and I'll put you in touch with anybody that can help you because I want the broad effect of this podcast to be that you know that you're not alone and there is help available for you no matter how badly you're struggling in the world today, which is kind of all of us, right? So thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Join me next week where I think I'm going to talk about the self-coaching model because I think that would be really interesting and fun. Join me next week on the podcast and have a beautiful week. Bye. Bye.